You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, yeah! by the Saints for a touchdown! Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans! We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Hey, y'all. Who dat? And welcome in. I'm Jeff Nowak. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm coming at you solo today. Gave Steve the day off. And I'm going to give you a quick rundown of a few things that happened this week. We're going to talk about Dennis Allen's interview on the NFL Report podcast. That's what Steve Weich and James Pomery talked about, the Clint Kubiak hire, and you know some of these other hires that have been announced this week. Second and third segments are going to be exclusively. We're going to, I'm going to introduce you to each of the six coaches that were hired officially this week. We already knew about several of them, but we can now talk about them as they have the job. They're even on the they're even on the Saints website now. So we can officially say, hey, these guys work here. Now they need to get their official Saints headshots. Cause when you look at the uh, Saints website for their coaches, it's it's a whole bunch of different shirts on there right now. Uh, but they're 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 in there. I don't expect to see any more significant hires. I do think there is one opening in terms of you have one fewer staff member than you did last year. I, you don't have to fill that staff position. It, it would be an assistant to to whatever. You know, it, it, it might be a situation where you put Jari Evans into that into the Kevin Carberry role, and you just you just run with it. So you might see another assistant hired somewhere down the line. But either way, it's not going to be a a big name or anyone you get super excited about. So let's put a pin in that for now. And we're going to move forward to the interview. Dennis Allen talked on the NFL report podcast. He was asked about several topics, but primarily talked about Clint Kubiak, the decision 
to overhaul the offensive staff to really rebuild the offensive staff. Now, and this is the way I phrased it as I've written about it over the past several weeks is this is the biggest shift in offensive philosophy just in general for the Saints since they hired Sean Payton in 2006. Full stop. I mean, it, it really is that significant. The Saints have not done anything remotely close to this since Sean Payton took over, and that includes when Sean Payton left in 2021. And, and you could be critical of this decision, and I was critical of this decision. I'm still critical of this decision. Sean Payton went out the building, but they still ran his offense. They chose to stick with Pete Carmichael. They chose to retain that continuity. And so the offense was this weird kind of reflection of what it used to be and run by someone who, while having a key role in it, was definitely not the architect of it in Pete Carmichael. And realistically speaking, when you look at the Clint Kubiak time in in Minnesota, in terms of he took over an offense that was created by his father and understood it, knew it, understood how to run it, but didn't create it, right? And I think the results there kind of speak for themselves. And, and I think you saw similar things happening in New Orleans with Pete Carmichael, where the offense kind of felt rudderless. It was like you were just throwing things against the wall, seeing what would stick. And it was all to kind of maintain this, this, this shell of an offense around what you believe to be a roster that can, that can win. It didn't work out, or at least, you know, it wasn't an abject failure, right? It wasn't the worst offense in the NFL. And there are people out there who will tell you it was the worst offense in the NFL. You'll see you'll see rankings that put Derek Carr at number 29 of 32 quarterbacks, which is like, come on, y'all. Let's, let's be realistic for a second about, about what we witnessed the last two years um, and, and what goes on around the NFL and some of the putrid offenses in the NFL over the last several years, but it wasn't good by any stretch of the imagination. And that's where this team clearly found itself at a crossroads of, we got to do something. We got to rebuild something. And that's what you saw this off season. You fired eight offensive coaches. You hired Clint Kubiak as the offensive coordinator. It was a long search. I think you interviewed, you interviewed roughly a dozen candidates, maybe 11. I don't know. Dennis Allen talked about it, but it, a lot of that, I think, was driven by you had to wait to interview Clint Kubiak until after the divisional round of the playoffs. You couldn't hire him officially until after the Super Bowl. So what are you going to do in the meantime? Just twiddle your thumbs? No, you're going to interview. You're going to bring in people. You're going you're gonna to get feedback. You're going to talk to them. You're going to learn. And that's what the Saints did. And at the end of the day, you look at it and you say, okay, who was your top target? And I think it was Clint Kubiak the whole time. So in that vein, it's a success. Now, will it be a success as you go forward? That's a whole different question. But let's hear what Dennis Allen had to say on the NFL Report podcast. I'm not going to play you the whole thing. I'm just going to play you this one answer. It's an extended answer, but it is important. And he talks about Clint Kubiak, why the Saints were drawn to Clint, what they think he can provide. And, you know, I thought it was a pretty illuminating answer. I'm going to link to the NFL Report podcast in the show notes and on the description on YouTube. So I recommend you go listen to it. It was a good interview. I'm going to paraphrase a good deal more of it. 
but it was about 10 minutes long. It answered a few significant questions, and uh, I, I think they did a good job with it. So without further ado, here is that clip from the NFL Report podcast. Obviously, we went through an extensive search in terms of interviewing a lot of people for this position. I, I think we interviewed 11 or 12 offensive coordinator candidates, mm. a lot of really qualified guys. I felt like you know, we really needed to do a deep dive into a lot of different schemes and a lot of different personalities that I wanted to really look at, you know, what was going to be the best fit for the New Orleans Saints, for our players that we have here and the things that we need to try to get accomplished. And I felt like Clint Kubiak was obviously the the, the person of choice. And, and I've known Clint for a long time. I, I feel like I've known the family for, you know, probably over – 20, 30 years. Uh, I remember watching Clint's dad, Gary, play quarterback back at Texas A&M, you know, yeah. growing up. So I feel like I, I feel like I've known this family. I feel like I've, I've known uh, this scheme um, for a long time. And, and, and I feel like this is the best scheme that gives your players the best chance to have success. That's going in the national football league right now. And, and uh, uh, I think Clint, uh, is highly intelligent. Uh, he's extremely hard worker. I think we've put together an outstanding staff uh, with a little bit of a mixture of some older veteran coaches that have been there, done that, with some uh, younger, uh, progressive mindset type of guys. And, and I think it's going to be a great mixture for our, for our organization. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So yeah, I mean, I, you heard you heard a few things there. Obviously, and and we knew this. This is something that we've talked about on this podcast. It's not exactly breaking new ground. Dennis Allen and the Kubiaks go way back. When Dennis Allen was a player at Texas A&M in 1992, Clint Kubiak, I'm sorry, Gary Kubiak was the running backs coach for that team. Like that's how interconnected this group is. You know, Dennis Allen, Clint Kubiak, Gary Kubiak, there are all those ties to Texas A&M. And the scheme you're talking about now, this is another thing. You're going you're gonna to come in here and I want to see Clint build his scheme. I want to see him come in and, and have his own idea of what this offense is going to look like. But what you, what you hear from Dennis Allen, what he talked about in this interview, he talks about this offense being very QB friendly. He talks about this offense incorporating you know, more eye candy than it, than it probably had when he first encountered it. But at the end of the day, it all goes back to the Gary Kubiak offense and you can call it the Kubiak Shanahan offense if you want it all kind of goes back to Gary and 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 Mike Shanahan with the Broncos and that and that system that was brought in it's going to incorporate a lot of play action it's going to incorporate a lot of wide zone it's going to incorporate a lot of motion and at the end of the day it's a variation of this scheme that we've seen kind of running rampant across the NFL over the last few seasons. And, and it's not just the Kyle Shanahan version of this offense. It's a, it's a lot of different versions of this offense. But I think that's the idea that when, when DA went into this offseason, kind of wanting to build 
kind of wanting to build, rebuild this offensive staff, that's what he was looking for. And you're looking for something that can be quarterback friendly, that can that can get to the points of Derek Carr that he was succeeding at. And one thing Dennis Allen pointed to was later in the year they got to the play action more often, more frequently, and and they had they had a success in that. And you know, it, it's kind of interesting because I do wonder how much of this was Dennis Allen was kept on. And were there caveats involved in that? Because the point of keeping Dennis Allen on was to keep the continuity. And so how much freedom did the front office give Dennis Allen to rebuild his staff from the jump? And I would guess not a ton. I would guess that there was a lot, you know, it's not, it's not an order, not an edict, but there's a strong suggestion that, hey, let's do this, right? And, and after two years, it clearly did not work. And I think you ended up giving DA a little bit more leeway to rebuild the staff. And that's what he did. He crushed everything that had been done. He moved everybody out that had connections to Sean Payton, basically. I mean, other than a few assistants, right? Other than like a Jari Evans and a Kevin Petrie, you're looking at guys who are pretty much his staff and his build. And one of the really interesting things that he got into, that DA got into in that interview, I'm not going to play you the clip, but you can go listen to it if you want. He talked about how this offensive restructure is a is is being looked at along the same lines as is his restructure of the defense when he showed up in 2016 and worked with Rob Ryan and there had been a lot of different ideas as to how the Saints wanted to run their defense to that point you know there was a stretch where they tried to go 3-4 and and you could say that was Okay, you can say it works, whatever. They didn't stay committed to that. They went back to a 4-3. You looked at the Seattle defense, whether you wanted to mimic that and do whatever. But it wasn't until kind of 2016-2017 when DA was able to sit down and kind of take over the offense and say, this is what we're going to do. This is the scheme we're going to run. And we need to go out and find those guys. We need to go out and find the types of players that fit what we're doing. We're going to have a definitive plan. We're going to know what we're doing, and we're going to draft, we're going to bring in players that fit what we're trying to do. There's going to be no more kind of allowing the rut to guide us. We are going to set our own path in terms of how we're going to operate. Now, we're going to live and die by that being correct, but I think that having a plan and sticking to it is the idea here, and it worked. In 2017, you brought in a bunch of players. You drafted Marshawn Lattimore. Remember, this was a team that had, prior to that point, not invested a ton of draft capital at the cornerback position. That, and and the first thing you did in 2017, now obviously they wanted to draft Pat Mahomes. Sean Payton did. And I think if Pat Mahomes had been there at 11, the Saints would have taken him, but he wasn't. And the next course of action was to bring in Marshawn Ladmore, and he helped you redefine what this defense was going to do over the next several years and how they were going to play. And you saw this team really kind of lean into man-to-man concepts to – you know, uh, two-man concepts where you're relying on corners on the outside to lock down and giving your safeties freedom to kind of roam. And you're going to have end-to-end linebackers. And you brought in Demario Davis, and he was the perfect fit. And you've been trying to find a Will linebacker that kind of matches that. And there have been fits and starts with Pete Warner, but you had that idea. And, and the reason I'm going into this is because that's the type of restructuring that Dennis Allen said he was looking for this season. And I think that tells you a lot as to how he felt about this offense over the last two years and that it was a little rudderless, that you didn't have a plan, that you were kind of just throwing things against the wall 
and seeing if it would fit and, you know, call it whatever you want. This team is going to go into this season with a, with a very specific plan in mind and they're going to have to execute. Now the questions become, and, and Dennis Allen alluded to this. He said that the offensive staff had been in the facility over the weekend. They sat down with scouts and you're having kind of these pre-draft meetings, these February draft meetings where you're getting ready for the combine. You're getting ready for some of these visits, right? And it's going to be on the coaching staff to help guide the scouts in terms of what types of players are you bringing in, right? Well, what, what types of blocking schemes do you need to draft for, to prepare for? Who are you looking at in, these, in this draft class that can help you do that? And who are you looking at in free agency that can help you kind of adjust? The next question after that is going to be, who needs to be replaced? Because it does sound like this team is not beholden to what they've been doing. I think they're going to be willing to replace people on the offensive side of the ball. It doesn't sound like that's going to be at the quarterback position. But DA did mention the quarterback position when he was talking about the draft. So I do think that kind of tells you, hey, this might be the draft that you look at quarterback. And whether it's in the first round, there's going to be a few a few options that you can take if you get to 45, right? So I do think that you have to consider that. You know, I was on a conference call with Daniel Jeremiah, and one of the things that he he talked about, and I think is fair, this is an incredibly strong quarterback class in 2024. If you look ahead to 2025 and you look at what some of the scouts and the analysts are telling you, they're not excited about that quarterback class. And, and it's not that unusual, right? If you go back a year ago, who, who, who were the quarterbacks you're looking at? You go back two years ago and the only first round pick in that class was Kenny Pickett. And I would argue that he, they, the Steelers reached for him because he was a Pittsburgh guy and they wanted to keep the fans happy. Because what happened this year? He got hurt and then ended up losing his job to Mason Rudolph in the, for a playoff run. What does that tell you about how much faith they have in Kenny Pickett? So, you know, it's not a given that the quarterback class is going to be strong every year. So if you end up with a situation where you can go and get a guy this year, I think you're going to have to do it. Because you're not going to bring in a new offensive staff and say it's Derek Carr or bust for the duration. You need to plan for the future. And I think that's how you do it. So there's going to be a lot that we'll see as this offseason builds. There's going to be a lot that this team has to install, a lot of decisions they have to make. But I do think you're going to get a pretty good indicator of, of how they feel about certain positions with how they, how they attack free agency and who they bring in. Um, because right now, I think the offensive line is a huge question. Can you block the way you need to block with the people in the building? Can that be Trevor Penning? Can he win that job? I don't think they're going to they're gonna go into this offseason assuming that he'll win that job. I think you have to have a contingency plan. Can that contingency plan be Andres Pete? Is he a guy that you trust? Can What about at the guard position, the Cesar Ruiz? Um, you know, I, I think James Hurst, right? Max Garcia, whoever you... There's not a lot of... A lot of love there, in my opinion, outside of Eric McCoy, right? Right, right, right tackle with Ryan Ramchek. You feel good about it to an extent. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, but what if his knee breaks down on him? What do we do then? So that's, those are going to be the next questions. But I do think that there's a, there's excitement here that Dennis Allen is, is being allowed to build his staff in the way that you probably should have let him do from day one. And you're going to, and you're going to live or die with it. Right. Um, and, and it's going to be interesting, but I do appreciate the approach. It should have been, it's what you should have done two years ago, or at the very least last off season, better late than never. Uh, Clint Kubiak's going to have a lot of expectations. He's going to have a tight, tight needle to, 
to thread here. But if you can do it, it's going to look genius. If it falls apart, then, uh, you know, that cap bomb might show up a little earlier than than expected. And uh, we'll, we'll see. But, but all right, let's wrap up this segment. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about the six hires and a, and a few promotions, if you will, that have come in over the last week. They've been officially announced. So we're going to kind of do it a do a meet the staff segment uh, for the last two segments. We're going to kind of do a meet the staff uh, edition of Inside Black and Gold over the final two segments of this podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that wherever you get your podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Noack. You can follow my co-host Steve Geller at Steve Geller WWL. You can follow the show at Saints underscore pod. And you can check out the latest news, notes, and analysis over at WWL.com. This is Inside Black and Gold. We'll be right back.